Hi, and welcome to the 202030 podcast. My name is Lou Croft Blake. I work at Studio MMO4, and I am here today with Max Gilgenman and Magdalena Schaffrin, who are normally our hosts, but this week we're doing things a little bit differently. I am taking over and I am putting the hosts into the hot seat. So the reason I asked to interview you two is the more I get to know you, like, please forgive the fashion metaphor, but it really feels like unraveling a sweater. Like you're my really lovely coworkers who I get to see every day. And I don't always remember that you have these wild histories in really shaping where we're at in German sustainable fashion right now. Um, and because we're sitting here together, I would just love to take the opportunity to really get to know your roots a little bit. You know, when you host a podcast, you don't talk so much about yourself, but I think, uh, you deserve to take the mic a little bit today. Yeah. I mean, it's a bit crazy. I mean, obviously from time to time, I think we all look back, but, uh, the past 10 years have been, yeah, a crazy journey in many different ways. Uh, I mean, how we... If we look back how we met uh, a bit randomly at the end of the day, um, but also if we look at the market and, and the changing environment, I mean, now we do have a European EU, a European textile strategy that is becoming legislation and that is changing the, the, the playing field. Um, it's it's a good moment to look back. Eh? Yeah, I think so too. So I think it's uh, really exciting also to, to see what's coming up and uh, how we see the future also and develop developments right now in the industry and also like in the society. I mean, everything is kind of connected. But I also am very happy to uh, tell our story. Could you maybe each just very briefly tell me like, what was the moment when you were just like, something's wrong in fashion and I need to start thinking about this really differently? Like when was your big like, I like to think of it as this like egg cracking moment with sustainability. Mm -hmm. uh, I might start because I mean, I have been uh, trying to answer that question for so uh, many times, but I can't really because I think uh, for me, it was mostly about um, my parents um, who were already involved in the ecological movement back then. So I grew up with the father who was into um, solar energy and uh, we were already having like the Hesnatur catalogs uh, and Waschbeer catalogs uh, lying around. So I, I'm pretty like uh, infused uh, by all these thoughts and thinkings and values. Um, and of course, I mean, um, like uh, we are skipping like the, <laughs> the puberty, right? No, but I mean, of course, there was this time when I was like, okay, now I decide uh, to do everything differently. Um, and then in the end, I decided to study fashion design. And during my studies, when I was actually only focusing on design and style, um, I realized after after a couple of years, um, like uh, kind of at the end of my studies, that we have like a responsibility as a designer. And it was more meant as a uh, like in a visual way, because I realized when I'm working as a designer for a fast fashion company, I design a lot of clothes. So I steer kind of the picture from out on the streets. So I have like a, respons a visual responsibility as a designer and Coming from there, the term or like thinking about the term responsibility was going further in. And then, of course, all these like um, oh, press reviews came and we got to know about uh, really bad uh, circumstances in value chains. And I mean, then uh, Naomi, um, how was she called again with her book? Klein? Um, was she? No, no. Much earlier. 
Uh, it was already like it was in the beginning of 2000, uh, and then there was like a like a book released uh, talking about the power of Nike and uh, about really like uh, modern slavery and so on. Uh, so it was kind of like the foundation of the new I don't know. I would say like Fridays for Future, but like already 20 years ago, uh, movement. Right. We'll throw it in the show notes. <laughs> we'll look it up and throw it in the yeah, show notes. Yeah, I don't remember names. Never. Just, <laughs> when you were in that phase of, of walking into fashion and saying, maybe I, as a designer, have a responsibility. Was there anybody who you could have that conversation with? Was that conversation happening at that point? Not at all. I mean, I was coming back to my professors at the university and saying like, hey, we need to discuss this. I mean, we have a responsibility as designers and we need to take that on the table. But I, I didn't get any like really like responses uh, back then. I mean, that was really a different time. I mean, it was in the beginning of 2000. I finished my studies at 2005. So it was pretty early. And then I was actually thinking, like, um, if I'm working as a designer in the fashion industry, I would like to work for a responsible fashion company. And back then, there was not so many which were actually really, like, fashionable. And there's a lot of, like, ecological clothing on the market in Germany. But then I figured that these companies who were actually starting, like, be a bit more fashionable, they were so small, uh, so they couldn't hire, like, a fashion designer as, uh, as I was. And so, yeah, then... So we've got you early thinking about sustainability in the fashion scene. And now let's ping pong over Max. What was what was this moment for you? It's funny. I mean, there's there's maybe there's not too much of a surprise from the now perspective, but we have quite a few parallels because for me, even though I did have like an enlightenment moment a bit later that was specific on sustainability in fashion and textiles, my main uh, driver probably was also from my parents. Uh, so there was a very strong... Uh, influence uh, since both my parents, my my main parents, let's say, were co-founders of the Green Party uh, in Germany, and my father, a sociologist, and my mother also originally, my stepfather, a cultural manager. So, like all these these dimensions of sustainability were already on the breakfast table before even the term sustainability was really that defined, at least for me and my my knowledge. And that later then, at some point after studying or trying to study different things and never being so successful, I ended up studying fashion design. And then there was really, uh, and that was, I re can recall in 2006, 2007, um, this moment when I started looking into fabrics and there was this thing called a bamboo fiber or fabric. And I was like getting, well, how does that work? I know bamboo as a plant, but not as a fiber. How does it work? And I started researching, and that was really since then I couldn't look away anymore. So I, I started my sustainability consulting career by curiosity for how how sourcing works. And yeah, bamboo was the thing um, where, which, which kick-started all my curiosity. And I obviously found out that bamboo viscose is maybe not so great as it was labeled back in the days. And and then, yeah, I started looking into all these different dimensions. What kind of fibers are there and how do you uh, define quality and, and what are sustainability aspects of a fiber, of a product, et cetera, et cetera. And then I was lucky enough to study in Hong Kong for a year in between that gave me access to yeah a lot of the sourcing world. And so I actually went more into that route and never went into fashion design, but went more into, yeah, looking into the value chain and understanding it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so... To use the egg cracking metaphor, there was no egg cracking moment. You were both just served eggs on the breakfast table as children. <laughs> <It> was... <laughs> so to say, yes. <laughs> yeah. 
But this is actually really incredible because it also means that you've been paying attention to the entire history as it's coming along. And so it's kind of no surprise to me that you both have ended up here not in the design room, but really looking at the systems and talking with other people. You know, you, you lead the flock in these ways when you're working with designers, with brands. Um, I guess it's, it's also it comes very natural to both of us in many ways. I guess we we think in a very holistic and systemic way. So and we're very curious in in general and and so for us it's we're focused on fashion and textiles, but at the same time we are so broadly interested and curious. And obviously with the topic of sustainability, once you start looking into it and start seeing how everything is connected, then it's also more complicated to focus um, on on one one small part. So I guess we we always switch so much between the more meta level of trying to understand the systemic problems, but then also looking into the concrete ones. And I think this is where where a lot of our energy, but uh, yeah, also our passion kind of goes into. And I, I think it's probably lying in the nature of sustainability that it uh, the more you actually learn about it and uh, research into it, the more complex and complicated it gets. And that was, uh, I think this journey has probably done every one of us <laughs> who's actually working in that field. And uh, it was the same journey for me because, I mean, starting um, like in, I don't know, 2005, 2006, 2007 and so on to really uh, going deeper in my research um, that was very clearly divided into like social aspects and ecological aspects. I mean, that was even like experiences uh, from me on like um, fashion, um, uh, fashion fabric trade fairs uh, who, when I was like going to somebody's to some suppliers and I was like, do you want to buy like a fair trade certified fabric or do you want to buy like an ec ecological um, certified fabrics? And it was really like uh, kind of split. And that was like one of the movements I recognize now. Um, like moving like and joining these uh, these topics together and then at the same time other topics and uh, themes were like uh, coming in like uh, credit to cradle circularity recycling and so on reverse supply chains I mean you name it I can like to <laughs> uh, chat a bit uh, longer on that but I mean also I think what I sometimes really find it interesting if you if you are aware where the roots are lying so if you're aware that uh, there's a really long history and like deeply rooted history in like fair trade movements um, and uh, much longer than we are like on board I mean it started like already 50 years ago or even longer um, and also like this really deeply rooted movement from coming from the ecological side then you understand also why there's not so many or like why there are so many differences also in certifications and also in, in some some discussions are going like a bit maybe from our perspective now a bit weird way but I think this is something that that kind of brings us together also eh? we, we both have maybe quite often irritations on why stakeholders can't sync stuff more together and and uh, really uh, approach uh, sustainability in a more yeah systemic holistic way um and then obviously yeah we understand the the, the challenges of the industry and then all the systems that that were built around it but still what drives us i think is this this idea of it it can be different and it can be more uh, uh, inclusive uh, in in so many ways and i think this is this is really where in the last couple of years also in our many conversations that we have behind the scenes I think there was always this kind of common idea that um, there's so much potential in, in in approaching sustainability in a more systemic way and and being kind of the key 
to to actually implementing it and and i think this is something yeah which which really drives um, our current work so on that note first of all i think we can all agree that curiosity is one of the core values of studio mmo4 i really feel like that's what brings all of us who work here together but these conversations that happen behind the scenes can we use that to lead into you two telling me about how you actually met and what started you working together? Yeah, I think I remember. Um, we were hosting uh, like one of the first green showrooms in Hotel Ardon and then uh, Max was actually visiting and uh, we got introduced by uh, Bernd Müller. I think he was uh, from S. Frankfurt. And I got to know, like, and uh, he got to introduce, it's like, he's really interesting. You need to know, get to know him. And I was like, why? Uh, okay, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and then we uh, we were looking for a new team member because we were to set up the ethical fashion show in Berlin um, after Messe Frankfurt had bought it from Isabel Kehi from uh, Paris. And, and sorry, then, who, who was we? Uh, we were looking into, um, we is Messe Frankfurt and me because, I mean, I founded the Green Showroom in 2007, co-founded it with Jana Keller and we sold it to Messe Frankfurt in 2011. So that was like, that must have been like about the time when we met the first time, right, Max? Yeah, I mean, that that was the days when I got really interested in, in Berlin um, and I realized, oh, there's two really interesting platforms here. Back in the days, it was the Green Showroom that you founded with, with Jana and the Key2, another platform. And for me, that was like such a striking thing where I felt like, okay, this is crazy. Like these topics that I'm interested in, they really manifest themselves in, in Berlin in this, from the outside, very cool trade shows. Um, and and more than that, platforms, meeting points, etc. So I was driven to towards Berlin already anyway for my circles of friends and for these events so i was coming to berlin during the summer and the winter to visit these trade shows and that's then where i i felt luckily also for being introduced to magdalena because that was one of the reference points for for myself to see okay how is this fashion thing developing with sustainability and yes step by step we were introduced or actually like uh, maybe a few months later we actually met more properly for the first time and I think, yeah, it, it clicked quite quickly. Yeah, yeah, I remember that uh, because that was a very short conversation. I mean, it was during the trade show and uh, I mean, I was super busy. <laughs> I mean, as you are as a trade show organizer uh, during like your event. And then um, we were looking for a new team member for building up the ethical fashion show in Berlin um, to bring that concept to life. And uh, we were actually looking for a technical director. And that was like... Uh, uh, the occasion where we actually got to sit down for a proper interview <laughs> and uh, yeah, for a coffee in Kreuzberg in at, uh, at SO36, famous, infamous area in Kreuzberg. Yeah, and I mean, I, I had uh, been in contact with Messe Frankfurt through other channels before. I was consulting them on sustainability criteria for home textile trade show and for TextWorld, so some fabric sourcing trade shows. And so I had an established relationship with them on a certain level. And since there was always, well, as I think we both, we, all of us always do, we are not all just very curious. I think that is one of the things that unites us at uh, Studio MMO4. But I think we all are very much about building relationships in, 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 in positive, inclusive uh, ways. So also back in those days, for me, the relationship with Ben Müller or with other stakeholders, there was not plain professional that knew about my backgrounds and that I used to organize um, cultural events or parties, maybe, if you want to call them. So 
I wasn't maybe the perfect technical director in, in a classic sense, but I knew I can organize events and that was the baseline for, for um, also Messe Frankfurt trusting that this could be a good combination. And then once we met and, and the flow was right between us, I think, um, yeah, everything came into a really interesting game flow. Yeah, that was, it was really wild times. I mean, we were working like day and night times uh, before these events. I mean, that was really crazy because we met like in October or so. And then we started working like in the, by the end of October or November even. And then our next show uh, would be like in uh, January already. So that was really like, <laughs> I remember like sitting like night times at our office. Um, yeah. Yeah. That actually, was intense. Um, yeah. And then what was the translation between, you know, like, okay, we've got this great synergy, we work well together, we're really aligned. What what was then the moment when you were like, we need to start our own project, we need to found something together? Yeah, in between there were a couple of years. So I think we were like uh, working together for a couple of years. And then um, at a later point, I think, I don't know, two years later or so, then Karina um, Karina Bischoff joined our team at um, Messe Frankfurt uh, for the two trade shows. And she's also like a really dear team member of Studio MMO4. Uh, so she's like part of the family as well. <laughs> and also definitely need to name drop the fact that both she and Max are heavily involved in the founding of Fashion Revolution Germany. So also coming from a very activist background. Yeah, I was as well. And you uh, were yeah, as yeah. well? Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I was like, no, that's not a problem. <laughs> I was actually the um, country coordinator for the first year of the Fashion Revolution Germany uh, when we were doing this project with BBDO and uh, putting the um, vending machine up on the Alexanderplatz. Two the two euro experiment. Two experiment. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there were a lot of different things that kind of joined us. No? Certainly founding Fashion Revolution in Germany together was another thing that, that really brought uh, the, 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 the unity more to, to, to ex expression. Um, and then, I mean, we both had so many other projects on the side always. Uh, um, I was still way more orientated towards like supply chains. I, I spent a lot of time in Bangladesh. Uh, with project there um, I organized a, a living wage conference in Pakistan in between there was like a lot of I mean crazy projects Magda you were into uh, other consulting projects also with Manufactum with like so many other clients so like we were both on the one hand very busy on the side and very busy also with organizing these projects for Messe Frankfurt I mean this obviously was a, a major thing for us to really having this big player in 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 you know in in the back and and being able to try to push these trade shows to a new level and and obviously I think one of these things for us was always how to deal with Messe Frankfurt that's more focused on textiles and more conservative in many ways and we coming more from the fashion perspective and like this was always a lot of friction there I would say also positive friction that brought us at the very end also to to create this new brand uh, Neonit which well I think we can still be very proud of of having created the brand for Messe Frankfurt and having created the whole concept behind this this trade show hub um, and and uh, yeah, this is I think in in that moment that that led us to this next development from you know the green showroom founded for Magdalena, the ethical fashion show that Messe Frankfurt brought into the game to build a new platform here in Berlin. In this process, we both got to know each other better and better, and we kind of came up with this joint idea. Let's let's kind of bring green showroom ethical fashion show together in 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 a new format that really. Um, is contemporary and that kind of works with the language and and the 
the ideas behind fashion um, and, and, and is less kind of maybe sustainable um, in, in its visual language or like eco in its visual language and really be modern, no, not even modern, be, be progressive at the end. Uh. Yeah, that's true. And I'm also a bit proud of the name because I, I really like it. Neonidus is such a great name, which we came up with. Uh, and also like the branding we built up together with Joachim and Print Kultur. Yeah, that was Joachim Waldorf. That was really, that was really nice. But uh, let's not uh, talk too much about uh, Neonid probably, but uh, I think what we understood um, and what uh, is also like a joint interest of us to actually bring together our networks. Um, I mean, we have like, uh, since we are in business for so long time already, um, we know a lot of people and we've been, I, I've been following like the global fashion uh, agenda um, from the beginning, from the start. So we started like at the same time with Green Showroom and so on. So we are like uh, connected like through over the world, uh, also through the Fashion Revolution Network. I mean, it's a global network and we are really, we are really like um, having the interest of uh, bringing together different stakeholders and see what's happening. And I mean, this is basically what we're still doing uh, with our summit and our like uh, 2030 summit. And this is, uh, this is why we are also so happy if we recognize that uh, from like the platforms Uh, from the inspiration we give and from the room we are like providing to others that, that there's real projects, real collaborations uh, evolving and coming up. I think on that note, we also need to talk for just one minute about foreign, which is very now, you know, I think we've got a pretty fleshed out. <laughs> I mean, we could talk for like three hours about your histories together because you've both done so much. But to focus a little bit on the present, like foreign is the Berlin Fashion Hub. It's our new co-working space. Um, but this is active alliances happening in real time, right? Like this is a giant collaborative experiment that we're doing. Can you talk a little bit about the vision here? Well, I mean, as you said, it's, it's a bit the logic consequent of consequence of what we've been doing the last 10, 12, 13, 14, I don't know, even more years. Um, and I mean, we, we have been lobbying in Berlin for so many years to create a space where this really strong scenery, as I also said in the beginning, uh, that attracted me, for example, to Berlin, that also this scenery becomes stronger and can foster itself and, and become more lively even through the connections. Because this is one of the maybe slightly more complicated topics in, in Berlin always. It is so decentralized in many ways. All the stakeholders are kind of really... Uh, smaller and, and, and kind of working a lot for themselves. And we saw there's so much potential and still see it in, 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 in kind of helping to create more collaborations. And Fawn is, yeah, the manifestation of these ideas and also partly already manifestation of our network since also it's not just us who founded it. Uh, it's also our dear colleague Marte Henschel of Sketch who is a founding partner there And, and our uh, friends uh, from Belius, um, Andreas and Andreas. So it really, in itself, it represents our idea how to work collaboratively with different stakeholders to build something that then is beneficial to a wider audience. And this wider audience is here in Berlin, but it's also at the end, it's, it's, it's Germany, it's German speaking. This is one of our focus areas. We always try translate to translate all the content that we kind of gather through our global network into these kind of more German networks that might sometimes need a bit more time and literal translation. Uh, but our goal is to be one, one home for sustainability in fashion for the whole of Europe and yeah, to be one of the really most collaborative and most progressive spaces. 
Yeah, we maybe take another episode uh, only dedicated to foreign and uh, talking about the concept and also invite probably some of the stakeholders we are working with uh, with foreign because uh, I think what's interesting, uh, especially with that project, is that we have really corporate partners um, and then we are involved uh, or like in our community are a lot of like smaller brands and uh, innovators and within our programs, for example, the Foreign Academy program, um, we really um, manage to... Um, get them into collaboration, uh, into good collaboration. And it's like uh, auf Augenhöhe, like same as companies call it. On um, eye level. On eye level. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, it's working really well. And uh, I think um, it's also needed because we see a lot of collaborations happening in the industry already. And uh, that is, there. they are working without uh, help from, from others. But what we don't see are all the missed opportunities. And uh, this is why we are there. So we are there for all the missed opportunities for companies who have not the overview on like the innovation um, uh, field and uh, all the innovators which have not yet um, access to like corporates or big companies to actually come into co collaborative projects. Yeah, I think, I mean, at the end, what we're trying to do is to bridge those parts of fashion that are more the cultural element and the, let's say the, the raison d'etre and on the other hand the industry which has become this huge kind of global some people would say monster uh, but for sure it's, it's, it's just a very strong business nowadays and, and both sides have lost touch a little bit and this is something where fawn comes into play and, and I think creates space where this, the, these players can come together again and create a joint future a joint way more sustainable, hopefully circular and, and beyond that uh, future for, for fashion. And it's super nice because, I mean, the trade shows happen like twice a year and Fawn is just there like 365 days. Uh, so, I mean, this is like uh, like a kind of a natural follow-up uh, on like the thoughts we are following for already a couple of years now. It's incredible to witness in action because I feel like it's reclaiming the power that fashion has as a language you know, the cultural influence of fashion really directed in the right direction this time. Um, like, I also always think of this term, like, <laughs> clean up your backyard before you try to clean up the neighborhood and really focusing on the Berlin community and putting our values into play in this space. It just feels um, authentic is a very loaded word, but I think it's fair to use it here. <laughs> it feels like a, a very authentic mm -hmm. manifestation of what everybody's already been doing for such a long time. I also actually feel very happy that we are kind of moving away with Studio MMO4 from like the event focus. Uh, so we're actually like uh, moving into more like a consulting agency um, and having like a uh, focus on the upcoming EU legislation and also on uh, special, I mean, this is like what we know best and can best, I think, uh, communication and sustainability so it's, I think it's really nice also to recognize uh, like coming from like the event organization for so many years uh, to actually now work for customers in a bit another pace and another rhythm. Uh, it's, uh, I really like it and also actually be able to dive even deeper into certain topics. Yeah, especially strategy, I feel. Uh, this is a field that we have always touched, but we've never specialized on. But I think with, with all this experience of the last 15 years now, we are really maybe even doomed to be more a strategic com uh, consultancy in the next couple of years because I, I feel not to brag about it, but there's not many stakeholders that have this kind of market overview and this kind of extensive 
network globally and locally and uh, the experiences. Um, I want to, you know, be conscientious of our listeners' time here, <laughs> but maybe uh, just on that great note that you let us into, like, what what would you like to see from the next three years from Studio MMO4, like wildest dreams, if anything's possible? I mean, you made this joke recently about like when you both are fully gray haired, then you can enter your lobbying years. So maybe before the lobbying career starts. As, as I learned recently, since I'm starting to look more into this whole world of lobbying, I guess our point of view would be more advocacy work since um, that's at least what I learned now is like the lobbying is more the, the corporate side of influencing. Um, but yeah, I mean, we feel in general, I think we, we are very happy with a neutral kind of standing point and, and being the, the kind of connecting point between industry, between activists, between research, um, etc. We understand most of the positions and we have good relationships with most of the stakeholders. So I feel whatever we do in the next three years, we should, first of all, really be um get the power out of our networks um we have met so many great minds in the last couple of years and so many of them also are now in positions where they are influential for the industry at large and i think this is something where where we're finally going to see some real action happening or we are seeing it already and so the framework has changed dramatically we have legislation kind of working towards um our idea of what is a good strategy for the industry. And so, yeah, I feel from my point of view, helping the industry and helping individual stakeholders to be more consciously strategic about a very inclusive um, sustainability approach would be my main focus. I would actually not call myself neutral, <laughs> but I think we have a really good understanding in, uh, for the different stakeholders' perspectives. And this is also what makes us uh, able to work with different stakeholders in different um, uh, relationships uh, and also like uh, be able to translate uh, different like uh, ideas, languages, um, even if, I mean, like in a, in a, in a broader sense. Um, it's it's and I true think just to, to add, I mean, I, neutral is maybe the wrong word, but we try to have opinions without putting them on top of somebody, I guess. I mean, we will always offering our opinions. The mediator, the one who brings all of these different yeah, players I into think the so. room. But I'm, right. I mean, we're really, we're very clear in our values. We yeah. are very clear in our goals. Um, so we really want to transform this industry. And uh, I mean, I I am a super optimistic person, uh, but I, I'm tending to lose my optimism uh, concerning like uh, sustainability movements within the fashion industry. Because, uh, I mean, now, as we are now working so long in this industry and we are seeing so many efforts uh, towards sustainability and we are also seeing the growth rates and also new fast fashion companies coming up um, and also like emerging markets, uh, which are like, uh, of course, going like in the same direction as uh, we have already experienced it now in the northern parts of, uh, of the world. Uh, so I'm not quite sure um, where we actually Mm, need to uh, go in and really like uh, where 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 are our points to actually like come into the industry and really change things and, and uh, really get that transformation going. And this is like something which I think we are ongoingly thinking about like and this is also what it's connecting to the 
yeah, to the beginning of our conversation, I think since we are like looking at the systems, we are always looking for systemic change and how how it's really done. I mean, it's like a lot of people are talking about systemic change and it's I haven't really cracked the nut yet. No, I think nobody has. and that's But that's very true. I guess one could say for the next three years, for sure, we will always be looking for the best levers to change and to kickstart the transformation. And I mean, yeah, maybe something that we have also said around founding fawn, um, it's not so much maybe right now about defining what a sustainable product is really. It's more about defining the way into a sustainable system mm. for fashion. Mm, and probably. that is complex um, and it needs a lot of discourse and, and we also still need to learn so much more. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, all this power is in our networks and, and I feel, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling optimistic that we're finding new levels and I feel a lot of the challenges really have been looked at in two small kind of ways and not systemic enough. So there is a lot of potential to um, yeah, find different solutions. And I think we're definitely not people who are scared of complexity and that's why we can continue to do this work, right? Yeah. Yes. And uh, Max, you were actually right. It was the No Logo, the book from Naomi Klein. <laughs> I thought so. <laughs> Way to pull it out of the bag. Um, well, if you'd like to learn more about us, Our ears are always open. Please check out our website, studiommmo4.com. Get in touch with us. We do workshops. We find our greatest joy in connecting with our community. You know, if our values are all around getting the right people into the room, then talk to us. Um, Max and Magdalena, my brilliant colleagues, thank you so much for enlightening, enlightening everyone here listening. <laughs> um with just this tiny little window into the very impressive careers that you've both have had. Uh, yeah, you both inspire me every day. Thank you also for listening to the 202030 podcast. Um, do you two have any closing statements, final words? Whenever uh, you would like to learn more about us, just get, get to us uh, on one of our gatherings and uh, drink a beer. Yeah. Come by at Fawn at Bikini in Berlin or find us online. Mm -hmm.